0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent, closed-cell, PE, EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadek.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K kcom Your boat deserves SeaDeck. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 149 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I am Dan Alamano, the Noise of the North, recording from the Boathouse Studio in sunny Windermere, Florida, and it's the moment you've all been waiting for. So kick back, relax, and prepare to experience your bi-weekly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Slingshot Sports In this episode, you'll hear me mention the cool stuff the Space Mob is doing well. It's really a no-brainer that Slingshot has collaborated with the Space Mob crew to create some of the most unique and sought-after product our industry has to offer, including a signature wakeboard, boots, and bindings. Slingshot is the perfect company to get behind Space Mob since both parties are pretty unique and pretty hardcore head on over to slingshotsports.com to check out their entire line of wakeboards boots wake surfers kites sling wings and so much more so get on it log on and take a look through all their different available options that website again is slingshotsports.com guys i can't thank you enough for all the itunes and apple podcast reviews and five star ratings You guys are all the motivation I need to go out there and talk to all of the characters in our industry. With that said, please keep those reviews coming and if you've been meaning to write one but you haven't found the time, well what better time than right now my friends. Let's get to typing. I'd also like to remind all of you that in addition to listening to and sharing all 149 episodes of this, the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes and Apple podcast, well, we're also available on multiple listening applications for Android devices. We're on soundcloud.com and my very own website. It's noiseofthenorth.com and I'm sure you're scrolling through your phone right now. So just go ahead and shoot me a follow personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano and on Facebook, The Golden Mike Podcast. I'm really excited for you guys to hear today's episode. We've got two guests for the price of one special today since I went out to beautiful Valdosta, Georgia on the Florida-Georgia line to visit the Valdosta Weight Compound and speak to co-owners Quinn Silvernail and Luke Tilt. These guys built a wake park right out of college and have turned it into one of the most talked about wake parks in the entire world. No exaggeration. What they're doing over there in that little college town in Georgia has become the talk of the entire industry right now. They have become the place for street style wakeboarding and everyone is watching. For those of you who have never been, imagine one of the sickest and most progressive places in the world to ride. You can see this place right off the highway, I-75, and I remember passing it for the first time and it literally made my heart rate go up. This will be Luke Tilt's first time on the podcast, but Quinn Silvernail has actually made a brief appearance once last year. On episode 131, uh, when I hosted the Active Water Sports 2019, the annual evening with the stars, I got to catch up a little bit with him then, along with some pretty big names like Bob Sovin, Randall Harris, Jake Palat, and Greg Maloon. So go back, check that episode out in the archives if you haven't already. Some of you guys may know Quinn from being a founding member of Space Mob along with Wesley Mark Jacobson. This year, for the first time ever, the Space Mob will hold their Space Tapes video submission contest, which is totally worth checking out. They get submissions from some of the best amateur and professional athletes alike. You're just as likely to come across a video submission from the likes of Gunther Oka as you are a grainy punk rock footage from some kid you've never heard of ripping it up in his backyard. I highly encourage all of you to head on over to spacemob.tv to check them out because depending on when you stumble upon this episode of the podcast, they've probably already been released. And you know what else? I encourage that you wake responsibly. You guys already know the drill. Minimize those repetitive passes over any one shoreline. Keep your music at reasonable levels and stay at least 200 feet away from the shoreline. Head on over to wakeresponsibly.com. Take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam today. But today, I also wanted to encourage all of you to lake responsibly as well. Lake Cleanup Month is fastly approaching, so grab your friends. Grab a paddleboard, a kayak, a surfboard, a canoe. Get a bucket and get a grabber and clean your local lake up. Make it shine, boys and girls. I want to be able to see my face in it. All right, all right. Well, let's get into it. And I'm talking about that interview at the VWC, the Valdosta Wake Compound, with Luke Tilt and Quinn Silvernail, baby, right here. Oh, yeah, on the Golden Mike Podcast. Uh, Quinn Silvernail, Luke Tilt, we're here at uh, VWC, the Valdosta Wake Compound. What's up, boys? Good Good to to see you. Thanks for having us today. Or us, thanks to having you. First of all, I got to get to this. So I walked up and I found out that today is the eight year anniversary
2: yeah (laughs) we found that out or i found that today as well but it's uh, it's just been like one long week yeah
0: yeah well (laughs) a a big a big congratulations to you guys that's uh that's super exciting and um i'll just i'll just start with you luke um eight years man how does it how does it feel uh to still be doing this yeah, I just uh just feel very
2: fortunate that I'm able to do this uh you know every day. Um I think uh it's f- way farther beyond anything that I ever imagined it ever being and 8 years seems to have just uh you know went by in in a few quick minutes looking back on all on everything, you know. It's like uh like you said, we didn't even realize it was that, that today was 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 that, that that was all going on? So it's just kind of, you know, I don't know what life would be like without it. So it's uh, just so fortunate, and uh, it's really awesome what what uh, it's all become and how, you know, it's it's
0: far you know far more than a business for sure. You know. For yeah, sure. very cool. Well, how about you, Quinn? So eight, nine, ten plus years ago, you uh, have this vision, and and you and Luke uh, connect on this whole thing. Uh, from what I understand I wasn't out here when you guys first um, first opened but from what I understand it is a a whole new landscape out here I mean did you even imagine that this place would come as far as it's come
1: yeah I mean it was like while we were doing it we definitely were like this day is is never gonna happen (laughs) but we always knew it was going to because we had like we were there's no backing out to the point that we were at like we were all in no matter what so we knew it had to happen for us to to just like survive because we couldn't go back to like finding a normal corporate job or something like that and uh, we basically just basically just had to you know take every day one day at a time and kind of feeling like this day would never come and then now we're here and it's like dang you look around like whole new landscape and whole new you know scenery that was i mean even this property that we moved to has changed dramatically since we've been back here so it's like just absolutely surreal i mean we've been back at the full cable now as long as we were at the front small park that we had for three and a half or four years wow so we're uh yeah it's pretty crazy because that was always the thing was it always felt like we were up there forever. And then mm-hmm. we were like, just just had gotten back here.
0: Was it always the was it always the dream to move on to the the bigger piece of the property mm-hmm. with more water? Yeah. That's yes. that's and, and all the water was the was
1: here originally? Uh, they did. They So like when they dug the interstate, they pulled this long strip of, of dirt out of this property and that had a spring in it. And so they had like a creek from the front lake which was also, I believe, dug to, to build the interstate and they, that had a spring so those two lakes connected to this little lake back here and uh, we ended up digging around all that and retaining all that water and everything. but.
0: So now, you guys, when I pulled in here, and obviously from watching Yard Sale and everything, uh, you guys are really known for your two-tower stuff. Um, You have a full uh, cable that goes in, well, for guys who ride it like the OWC, um, this goes in that left foot forward direction, so um, clockwise Mm -hmm. direction. Um, Was the full-tower cable part of the uh, original plan?
1: Yes, that was actually, the whole plan was the full cable we we went through like three or four different people that we were talking to to buy land or to figure out what the land issue would be and um we finally found this piece of land after dealing with a few other people that kind of were giving us the roundabout way and and when we met with the landowner and discussed the plans he was like well we got that lake up front if you want to lease that while you're digging and planning and doing all of this then we can work that out so it was kind of our way of like building something up while we were planning this big project and like getting it all done and like had we not done it that way i don't even know if we would have ever made it because no way we would have it would have i mean it took us every every bit of time that we were up there to get this going so it was like The the whole time we were up there, it's like not like this was ever on the back burner. The whole time we were like pushing to like, how are we making this happen? Trying to get the bank loan, trying to get permits, trying to get all of that, trying to figure out road and water, electrical. How to run a business. How to run a business. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were like 24, 25 when we opened up.
0: How did you guys end up finding this piece of property? Because Valdosta, Georgia, I mean, yeah, we're somewhere in between Atlanta and Orlando. I yeah. mean, yeah, we're on the, like the line I-75. of Florida, Georgia. Yeah. So how did you guys end up here finding this, this piece of property?
1: Um, well, you want to give them this one? Yeah, so
0: like uh, I-75 is obviously a huge
2: attraction to this area. Cohen um, and I, we met in, in college. I bought us a state university in town here, so um, we were checking properties out in town. We actually checked out the property across the street. And Luke,
0: were, were you uh, like a wakeboarder or a wake skater? You have yeah, some... I'm a I'm
2: a for sure a wake skate. I mean, I wake, wakeboard and wake skate, but I would say I'm a wake skating enthusiast for sure.
0: Did um, you did you ever have any kind of history competing in events or anything? No, like that? not
2: really. Quinn and I met in college uh, on the wakeboarding team. We were never really re- recognized, but it's more like uh, guys, a bunch of group, a group of guys that would travel together, wakeboard together, winch together um stuff like that so that's like how our paths cross wakeboarding can, was the was the
0: can i ask how you how you personally luke were uh introduced to like wakeboarding or wake skating um
2: my uh, it was me me and my one of my good friends trey batwell a long time ago we uh were wakeboarding at the lake and we saw a guy with a weight skate behind a jet ski and we were skateboarding in high school and stuff and uh when we started trying it and all that we just became obsessed with it and uh
0: so like no there's there's no like family history of oh, no, no water sports or anything no. like that
2: yeah i would just always try to uh i'd be going on trips with other people that you know that had the lake houses and stuff and
0: and and what about um influential riders for you that oh. the guys that you were like watching
2: uh ben haran definitely was a major influence um Man, I liked to watch, like back in the day George Daniels was one of my favorite riders to watch.
0: So you kind of got, been involved since roughly like the early 2000's is kind of when you sort of started uh, uh, yeah, recognizing yeah. the sport.
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't find skate until like I was around 18 years old, so like, uh, but but ironically the Grinch winch was from my hometown too, and once we've, I've, once I met Quinn we got like really into winching and like creeks and stuff. and. Uh, and just kind of a full circle and very cool uh, yeah, we, were,
1: we were working with the guy from Grinch the Grinch yeah. winch and
2: his parents were like friends with like his <laughs> grandparents <laughs> yeah. or parents or something like that and it, it was, like lots of things like that were happening too you know like even Justin Lee's pond yeah Justin things, Lee so. um, he has a 2.0 in his backyard and that's
1: like Five minutes from Luke's Luke's home, (laughs) home, (laughs) very cool. Home house. So,
0: so getting back to the property here, Luke. Mm -hmm. How how were you able to find and acquire this
2: piece of property? We definitely took a look at different properties, and like a lot, like most land on a busy highway, the your you know starting capital is going to be extreme with land value. You know, uh, that's such a busy, high traffic area. Um, But we searched different places, um, and. This was, like Quinn was saying, how it was basically a big mud hole, more of like, a you know, like just the lowest sitting of the area, just kind of a un, like unused land, and like that was exactly what we were looking for. So like the, the property owner, he needed a, a detention pond for this land, so we were able to kind of get a great deal on this land here um, for future developments on this property.
0: You guys are how far out of college are you when you decide that you want Nine to open months a cable park? Maybe.
1: We were in so like I guess maybe like end of junior year we were always started probably talking about it cuz we were roommates since sophomore year of college. So we lived in different houses and had like tons of other roommates and stuff but um, probably like end of junior year we were talking a lot about like future stuff watching, like, a lot of Fuel TV at the time, which was (laughs) popping off, like, Camp Woodward and, like, all those shows where we're seeing all these other places that are just, like, meccas, you know? And we're like, man, we need to do this one day and this one day. And it was, like, we did that so often that halfway through our probably senior year we ended up just being, like, let's just write everything down, like, one night a week that we talk about. And, And we started doing that and actually, like, held ourselves accountable to it and then by the time we're like, you know, almost done graduating, we're like, okay, let's. We're gonna put this in a business plan and try to make this actually happen. And then we kind of tested it out, got the business plan tuned up over the course of like a, few, you know, six months or so. Had graduated, and then it was like, probably like six to nine months out of graduation, Luke had had another like corporate job. I'd been working on this the whole time, and doing just random things like?
0: Let me ask you this because here's the deal. I want my own cable park. I want my own lake. Um, Mm -hmm. I know about four or five locations that would be sick. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I know some people who sell um, two towers. Mm -hmm. I know I can get into a two tower anywhere between the 18,000 to probably $50,000 price range, probably probably something like that for a full cable setup. But i want it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm telling you i want it but me saying i want it and that happening are two different things this is a uh, very large operation here you've got uh electricity you've got uh you've got equipment you've got cables you've got um a staff here this isn't free my friend and and although you guys definitely Corner um, office right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys, you know, people who watch, um, you know, the coalition and people who are following Space Mob and, of course, VWC in general. I mean, you guys live a pretty free lifestyle out here, and it, it, things are a lot more mellow, and at least they come across as less corporate, but getting back to it, things ain't free. That's right, uh, for sure. You're 24, 25 years old out of college. You have a dream to start a cable park. I. Uh, look, let's just say this place only cost you half a million dollars, you know what I mean? Which, yeah. which I'm guessing I'm way off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Money doesn't grow on trees from what I understand, right. at least in my experiences. So talk a little bit about how you guys financed it and also I'm guessing that some, there's, there's people that probably have to back you up, but how do you earn that trust?
1: yeah Mm. our biggest our biggest hurdle initially was we needed like somebody to get on board with us and at the time Wes Bearden was like I worked for him like and we went to his place all the time but I worked there like for two or three summers in a row and, and, and
0: what and who is Wes Bearden? Because I I, I'm just assuming from watching last year's yard sale that a young man by the name of Crossbearden did pretty dang <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so I can only assume. That wasn't an that accident. This yeah. guy here has
1: something to do with him. So the, who is Wes? Wes Bearden is uh, Crossbearden's dad. But, you know, much more than that, he's been in the trenches of wakeboarding since before. You know, he's been doing, like, Back in the projects days and stuff like that, Wes was doing the same thing in his backyard. Essentially, like just parallel with like the grassroots of park riding. He's been he's been there pretty much since day one, and uh, he saw something in all of us down in Valdosta. My buddy, our buddy Chris Moore, he uh, he was originally the one who had you know met Wes and brought us up there, and you know he really took to took to us and eventually like I was living in his backyard and in a warehouse and like spending all my summers and every weekend possible there. And Luke would come up and all the, we'd make just like weekend or day trips up there. It's like probably an hour and a, hour and 45 minutes from here. And uh, he, he was basically it was like if we can get Wes behind this, then because he's a, he's just like if you've never met Wes Bearden, he's just like the greatest person ever. So we're like if Wes Bearden can believe in like this park thing, then we can get other investors on board and a bank loan and all that. And once we got the business plan and everything together, we got with Wes and he committed to being a part of it and being an investor and then that led to more investors and then led to bank loan and we all just kind of like that was like the the biggest thing for us I think when we were like first had the business plan was like if we can get a, a grown man, like a grown man with like credentials to mm-hmm. believe in this, then we can we can make this happen.
0: Maybe a little financial backing right Yeah, to help kinda get the ball rolling. Exactly. Right? And just remember
2: then, also just like having nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah and it's exactly. like when you're at that point you're like mm-hmm. you know, like what what can we lose? Well, once
0: once somebody like that signs on though, your world changes, I guess, because now you go from somebody who has nothing to lose you have somebody else's everything to lose. Right. So but
2: you have that person that gave you that opportunity and that believes in you enough to let you put you in charge of those responsibilities.
0: Were there ever any um, like tough times w- like oh, yeah. coming into like coming into it before the park opened? Where you oh yes, yeah. were... I would love
2: to talk about the bank loan for a second. <laughs> yeah, let's hear. Let's hear yeah, about so it for like sure. uh, we got turned down by like pretty much every bank in this town, and one of the banks turned us down twice. So like pretty. Pretty one, intense.
1: One of the things with us going to this town was everybody said, if you're gonna get a bank loan, you really need to get it from the town you're in because yeah. it's supporting local and they're gonna appreciate that and do that. And so. we
2: still do that today, mm-hmm. but uh, and you know not with the banks that turn us down, but it's just crazy because you know like you, like you, all the knows which is like you know even though we had a, a solid business plan with like good returns, is like the most risky investment you could ever be in. Because we had no credit to put anything down against these loans. We are taking out a large sum of money in an industry that's not even proven in the U.S. So it was like insane. And then on the back end of things, we're trying to get things passed in the city out of a business no one has ever heard of. So it was like we are having meetings on meetings on meetings just to explain what our end goals are trying to be. But all at the same time, they're costing us money with you know interest rates. For buying the cables across seas, you know what I mean? Like day to day money changing, and everyone's just not, you know, it's like just the hardest grinding gear. But then it was like it was really cool because um, we got ended up getting funded from uh, the SBDC, which was part of the Viterbo State University uh, Business School. So like the, the college that we went to, uh, the bot they have an office there, the Small Business Development Center. We end up teaming up with them, and they end up getting us. Collateral on like a go- like on a government loan.
0: What was the what was the switch that kind of um, flipped or whatever to, to to where like the momentum started um, moving in like a more positive direction with like the the loans and everything like that it was. Um. Probably the SBDC yeah. approving
2: that because. Then Then Atlanta Bank was able to, like, pick us out. And
0: then locally, I know you guys had mentioned that you guys have some some decent support from, like, the locals, especially during this time. But, um, you know, eight years in, you guys have established yourselves as a a pretty solid local business. You guys have hosted events that have brought in hundreds or thousands of people, which I uh, could only assume would uh, help generate some funds. Because how big is the city of Valdosta in general? Over the it's you know down here it's like a regional thing so it's like
1: atlanta's really the only big city and then maybe like savannah or something but everything it'd be like lowndes county i think they're in like the county or something it's probably over a hundred thousand or something but in the city i'm not not a hundred percent sure but
0: it's a pretty um, pretty small, little pretty place, small huh? little yeah. place
1: but then there's all the surrounding like down here everything this is, is regional so here. like all the way up to like Macon and stuff, I'd say, is kind of our reach it within the the region. So it can kind of expand out. And that was part of our business plan, too. It was, was like an untapped market. There's a military base. There's a college. There's year-round riding. Year-round riding. There's several, actually, colleges. And then all these people come from all the region to go to all these places. And so that was kind of our initial draw. But that turnaround hasn't really been showing until like more recently like it's taken a long time for all those things with all those draws of people to reach out and see that there's like something else to do down here
0: it's kind of it's kind of uh become the georgia cable belt up here you've got uh, vwc <laughs> yeah. over here um you know up there uh, north of atlanta you got terminus and then um there's a few two towers just in people's Mm -hmm. backyards i know justin lee he's Mm -hmm. rebranded what he's been doing a few times yeah um and then uh um there's a few other two towers uh here around. i think there's
1: one up in atlanta singleton has one and then i don't know if they still run it but then there's there's one in uh, alabama like right on kind of the border by birmingham um flip side that's really nice so
0: as we like like talk a little bit more about the core side of things here like um we see vwc um putting on you know probably the most core uh, event in wake uh (laughs) sports these -hmm. days um but you know there's there's so many cables i mean dude i didn't realize you guys are literally two hours and 46 minutes from my bed, yeah, you know, in Windermere. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that it's so, such an easy drive. Um, yeah. you, uh, what's what's the uh, what about the the wakeboard community? Are you guys getting a lot of like pros running through here?
1: Yeah, yeah, we uh, that kind of used to be maybe not pros, but like the more like into it riders, I guess, more people involved in the industry was kind of our primary target market and now it's like the locals are popping in and then the pros are still popping in and it's kind of it's kind of been cool like just I don't know all the all the pros like want to come here and like pay to ride and stuff and it's just it's cool that that people like want to support in that way who are like in the industry and yeah it's like really turned into something that we'd we always like knew that the whole kind of purpose of us even starting the talk of doing this was because we wanted to see a cable park that represented like all the skate parks and snowboard parks and stuff that we thought were awesome and at the time there wasn't a whole lot out there that was that was like different people were making their own features and stuff back then but there's a lot of like i don't know variables involved in that and Things were a little bit looser and more dangerous, but the 2.0 is kind of what taught us to make that make that core vibe uh, very f- like safe and like not so you know. There's no screws that you can really catch or anything. Like we got a plastic welder and started, you know, like everything's evolved to the point of now we like kind of have a system for everything to make sure it's as safe as possible because. We got to learn up front when it's one rider riding at a time versus a whole cable full of people. You can't really account for all the safety issues at all times when you just have all these variables like waiting, you know, screws always come out. So it's like no matter no matter what, that screw is eventually gonna come back out on a on a feature. So it took us a long time to figure that out and to apply it to where we can still do like that core core elements to everything, but not make it to where you're just going to get killed out there. Sure.
0: Well, let me ask you about the um, the foundation of VWC. From day one until today, I know things have changed. Um, you guys have grown, you've matured. Um, uh, mindsets are probably quite a bit different. Um, there's a way that people perceive this park or the riders at this park, Quinn, uh, I I met you years ago, and then when I started, when you started kind of blowing up, I was like, I was like, wait, do I know this dude? And then when you and I reconnected again at um, at uh, Active last year, I was like, oh, oh yeah, what's up, man? It was so good to see you, but, like, you that da- like, so I'm, and I just, I hope it doesn't come off as offensive, but sometimes you that da- like, you and the crew kind of come off, like, with this like um super core you know i'll just say this probably about a year ago i didn't know if it would be cool for me to show up with my shoe skis and walk in here (laughs) and take a lap around your park and today i walked in with them and you guys Uh, made me feel like i'm welcome and at home so with with what i'm basically asking is can you tell me about what the foundation what the uh pillars of this park what where your guys head at and where the direction of the sport was day one mm-hmm. and then kind of where you're at today because I, I i really feel like this is a much i'm not saying it wasn't it just maybe i didn't have the information but it's very very different than an owc here <laughs> at least on paper you know for sure for sure
1: well then i think it was always like the wakeboarding was the primary focus and at the beginning we were so like zoomed in on that one just like getting everything started and then it slowly started like expanding out to where our vision kind of expanded beyond just how we wanted to represent wakeboarding kind of and for us it's really like overarchingly from then and now it's all about having fun and like if if sending it on some insane wakeboard setup isn't what you like to do for fun then we don't really care if that's not we want you to have fun so like you know it's just been the original focus it was like primary wakeboarding and nothing was really you know the 2.0s and stuff back in the day weren't really set up for much else other than wakeboarding and so we were really heavy into just like representing it in like this more urban style I guess you could say than it had been because we were all just influenced by snowboarding and stuff like that so we're just wanting to see wakeboarding kind of transition into that and then as it grew into this huge thing out here we're getting more and more like younger kids who are just trying to get into it and we just want them to have fun because we have get, you guys
0: had to change your attitudes or mentalities at all
1: um maybe a little maybe a little bit in just just being more like i wouldn't say overall like changing to where we're like we didn't ever think like, oh you're you're a kook if you do this or this or this." It was just more so that we didn't really recognize that outside of we were just so in our bubble of wakeboarding that we were not looking outside of it as much. But like if somebody came, we wouldn't like belittle them for kneeboarding or or foiling or doing anything like that we'd We'd usually want to try it too. So I think that our mentality has just gotten a little more like. We want to help people at these other things that we aren't exactly as knowledgeable as as them at or or whatever. We just want to, if that's what they want to do to have fun, then we want to help them have fun instead of being like, well, you should definitely have fun on this instead of this because this is what we know how to teach you. And if you learn this, you'll get better at it because we can teach you at you know, wakeboarding. But it's more just like if you're into whatever you're into we just want you to have fun and we want to learn how to help you have fun as best we can so it's I think that's just like the vibe has spread to everybody on the property so maybe that's where the attitude change could could have changed to where like we have more more people thinking like that and so I think that that just kind of exudes out to the world where people are just like oh I don't have to I can ride whatever I want out there. I'm gonna bring my trick skis and like just goof off and skim boards and like we just try to make sure everybody has fun. We have like our our space mob board. I have like a gripped up version with no boots on it and I'll just like let kids take that thing out there and hang 10 on it and sit down on it and just ride all over goofing off. So It's, it's definitely gotten more like, I guess, fun oriented and but for us, fun is like what the core wakeboarding is. So like that's why that is, is vibe it, is essential. Is
0: it shown. is it is it is it tough? Like obviously, you want wakeboarding to be awesome, but sometimes it's like it it's tough. You bring in a twelve year old kid, and he just thinks that you know oling seven hundred or you know t- you know ten eighties around on a fun box is so cool. And to them, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, then sometimes uh, they get, like, zeeched or, oh, come on, man. Or maybe somebody, like, mentions it or whatever. Do you you feel like people have ever been, like, a little kind of standoffish or uh, worried to show up and ride here? Definitely. We, We definitely get that. How do you how do you combat that because I know that you're not like that and I get it and, and from the, and if you listen to this podcast the conversations I've had with so many riders is it's not a problem that you're zeeching it's just like when you're owning it you know right, right. and I get it but for some 10 year old kid who's just third time wakeboarding you know that zeech might be the best he could ever own and he doesn't even know yeah
1: that. we just try to introduce them to like their own style and like if they like to zeech or whatever we're like yeah like own it you know and that's that's you and find a way to make it extra cool because we got kids out here who don't want to really do the craziest tricks they just want to learn how to do like awesome butter slides and stuff like that well and it's
0: so funny because you you look at it and you know if you in five six years ago people would have looked at you know a guy like wesley jacobson and what he's doing and just maybe even pointed their fingers and said this guy's kooking out out there <laughs> yeah. and and i'm looking at him at nearly i'm nearly 40 years old and i'm like this is the wakeboarder who i want to be more like because he doesn't go too big yeah. uh, you know what i mean like exactly. i am like yeah he he's doing things that I can do. He's making the simple mm-hmm. amazing. Was that was that always the uh, the mentality, or did you guys kind of grow into that a little bit here? We definitely grew. I think
1: we definitely grew into it a little bit. Just like it had definitely to do with with Wes, and like I was more. I feel like um, the you know try to send like the crazy stunts type of rider at the time like way back when and then just like get you get kind of bored you know and like when you ride the same setup every day you get a little bit bored of like you're not pushing yourself because you're not making yourself push yourself and then like as we introduce more and more riders we're like pushing each other in different ways and then somebody does some like cool butter and and you're like whoa that was insane so i think like the more outside influence we had coming in which is like kind of as we expanded to the bigger park we had more riders outside influence coming in Uh, that stuff started getting more more and more uh, progressive I guess and yeah like having Wes and Pratt and Ollie Brumland like a bunch of the OG crew like we were all just feeding off each other we'd go out and film GoPro and then somebody would just do some weird like butter and it'd be like what I'm, I'm gonna try that too, or I'm gonna try a different thing that, that just like, triggered in my head. That's like something along those lines, and so we, we just kind of like gravitated towards that, just because you get, with when you're also riding with that many people, if you're just all trying to send it all the time, then you get you get wore out and bored of it too, and it's like, it's just super fun to go out there and just the like, the coolest part about wakeboarding is. Is just the fact that you're riding on top of water and so this is a Wes Jacobson quote I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure I give him the credit on this but that is the coolest part about wakeboarding is that you're riding a board on the water and you should use the water to do the fun stuff and and play with the water because but that's thought that like for. that
2: pours over straight into like we have summer camps and we have teach people every day and that pours over straight into like like I would say that like if a kid is creative on the board, that's rewarded more than kids kid sending it off the kicker or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even when we're teaching people in camp, it's all about, like, the creative use of the course, you know? And it's like, that's definitely an overflow of everything that's going on there, you know? And it's just like, um, you know, it just, it, it shows everybody a whole different aspect of why this is fun, but it's not even about the biggest trick either. It's almost like the most creative, you know, like, oh my gosh, and you see it you think you've hit it a thousand times and you'll see somebody else run through it and you're like, wow, <laughs> I didn't even think about that line.
0: Folks, I just wanted to jump in here for a second and give a shout out to our friends over at Mid Coast Customs. If you're looking for the best all around professional vinyl wrap shop specializing in commercial vehicle wraps, custom graphics, wall wraps, and boat wraps, then you got to check them out with locations in Rockford, Illinois, and Central Florida just outside of Orlando. The crew at Midcoast Customs are 3M preferred installers who've been leading the way in vinyl wrap installation for years. They have an amazing eye for detail, and they guarantee all their work. Whether you have one car or a fleet of 100 vehicles to wrap, maybe you want to wrap your boat and make it all new. Jarrell and his team have got you covered literally to see their work and to get a quote head on over to midcoast-customs.com that's m i d c o a s t hyphen customs.com All right all right let's get back to the interview with Luke Tilton Quinn Silvernail over there at the VWC baby Well obviously you, <laughs> you you look around the country and and this has always been um, Something within our industry and in the west coast california you got your west coast riders on the east coast you got the dudes who are super super technical you know up in the midwest you got some some crushers out there who nobody ever even heard of right yeah. um but let's let's talk a little bit about um, the the riders the athletes and um, the the different style that comes out of this park versus say like a tsr versus like say an OWC um can you Quinn can you kind of speak on that a little bit I've a lot of people have said that
1: there's a specific style to everyone from this place which I I I know there is it's hard for me to like put my finger on it just because I'm like surrounded by it all day but I think the biggest thing is a is a less competitive nature of everybody here and like We don't really have a lot of guys on the dock or a lot of kids on the dock who are, like, um, you know, like, bragging about the tricks they can do. And, like, it's not so much about who, who landed what or who did what. And, like, it's more so who's just having the most fun, which goes back to kind of the butter stuff is, like, The guy who's out there just swagging around and doing the goofy olays and buttering and doing all that looks like they're having the most fun and thus is killing it to everybody here. So, like, I think that just not having that pressure of, like, I need to turn my KGB into KGB five. So you think
0: the expectations are... The standards the expectations are held a little bit differently here than compared to like an OWC or something like that Or I think just
2: like the people the that general, come here. They're already pushing. Yeah, like just by being here They're the already public
1: pushing. is it's it's definitely because I think that all those other parks have been around long enough to where they've seen such like heavy Competitive scenes and they've seen the cable ups and downs where it's like everybody's learning Backside sevens, everybody's learning backside nines, everybody's learning like all these things collectively to where it turns into this really competitive nature. And I think that we're so young and our whole up and coming crew has started from like such a young age just here. Like a lot of our locals have never ridden at another cable park. And so they don't really get super competitive with each other, even if it's like a good version of competitivity. Like, you know, those kids down in Orlando and Atlanta, those guys are like, crushing it and their you know their competitiveness is what drives them to get really good but I feel like out here we we've always just promoted like kids to if they're starting to get smoked trying a trick we're like just go learn like and we'll come up with like the simplest most fun thing they can can do like some sort of like backside 180 butter or like some something fun that it's not like takes their mind yeah, off well but. I
0: think it also with that too it also kind of beats back down to that drum of getting back to the basics going back to those fundamentals and it pays off I think when you get a little bit older and I don't really know if you guys have looked at these statistics or whatever but you look at like an Odub and you've got like guys like Garrett Coleman and the Stuckey brothers um dudes who were at a crazy level <laughs> at such a young age mm-hmm. um, but then you know you, you come out here and, and take a look like again like last year go back to the yard sale cross Bearden uh, mm-hmm. taking that win I I know this sucks for me to say and I'm going to whatever but like i don't know that I knew who Crossbearden was really before maybe other than a couple of the boys once in a while being like, Oh, check out my boy, check out this boy, he's gonna be he's yeah. the next big thing or this or that, you know. So That's
2: good uh, to hear that the art sale got that out there.
0: Well and that's and that and and, and that kind of moves into what, what I wanna talk about next and that's um, uh, events. Um, I know that um, Events obviously aren't the most important thing, at least um, at least to you, Quinn. I don't know. I can't. I don't know when I've ever announced you in a wakeboard contest. <laughs> at least in the last, de- like, when were you even a boat rider? I wasn't in any boat contest. <laughs> you know, that's so, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So, a a guy who, who. I've been announcing contests a really long time. I've announced the World Championships fifteen times, the U.S. Nationals sixteen times. You mm-hmm. weren't there, mm-hmm. you know, but you are argue uh, you're arguably putting on uh, what is become or becoming um, the top three most recognizable events in 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 wakeboarding. So have where were events on your personal radar? Um, why why weren't you a part of things like the Pro Tour or Nationals or Regionals um, mm. back in your younger days? And how did you guys end up, like, starting a tournament? Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> with the bow stuff, I I never felt like I was, like, to the level where I could compete with those guys until probably, like, the year that I stopped really riding boat. And the only reason I stopped was just because we ran out of ac- access to boats and uh, in college. So we had that Grinch winch and we actually built several winch spots, like demoed a house that was up for like demolition that the date was passed. And we like took a bunch of stuff off this house and built a winch spot. But we I did, you know, like small boat contests and stuff. Um, and then I got into I went to fees in France when I graduated and like Waken Country which is in France and Waken Beach which is in France I went to like the circuit of French French contests and um, came back and I got into I did a bunch of triple crowns back in the day and I guess like the you know the best contest I ever did was jamboree and I ended up like winning an award there and so that was like the best. the Shred Town guys. With the Shred Town guys and you know for me that's like all I could ever want from a contest. If there's no money or whatever to be able to ride and like win any award with like those guys and all the other riders being the ones voting and stuff like that meant a lot and then the opportunity to start our own version of sort of that contest was arising because they were kind of getting out of that Contest and we were like chomping at the bit because we had this setup over here and we we knew we could make an insane event. And um, that's really just, we, once we went to Jamboree, we were like, wow, we need to do this like at our place too. Like we originally wanted to do both, you know. Um, And we just knew that we had the setup to do all these rail contests that like nobody else had ever done because the, the draw for me to go to France initially was because I was here in America. Park riding was, like, half-existent. Winching was, like, one-sixteenth-existent. And boat riding was mostly everything. And I would I, it wasn't that I was angry at that. I would just see these contests in Europe and be like, what is going on in Europe? There's, like, a pool, and then there's rails, and another pool, and there's, like, a cable that pulls them. So I was like, I got to... I got to go. And then we were going to Gravity, which is West, West Bearden, Cross Bearden's backyard. And we they eventually got a cable. It used to be jet skis, like the projects, but like much smaller pond. And uh, it was kind of like a combination of like getting into the cable there and riding the park there and then seeing all these European contests. And then uh, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was Nate Perry, if you remember Nate. Of course. Uh, the legend. He came to Gravity and rode with. We were friends for for years, and he rode with me and uh, and Trevor and all the local crew. And he's like, "You should come to Fees this year." And I'd never never heard of Fees, and he explained it, and then I was like, "You mean like all those European contests?" And so I ended up going just because I was like, "If Nate thinks I should go, I should go," you know. So it was fun, and that's kind of what like led to us trying to like move that contest vibe to hear, but that was like years and years before
0: so how many years have you guys um, actually run yard sale we did three years straight and we would
1: moved the date actually before all this covid stuff to the end of september for this year but we're actually gonna just cancel it for the year and do it next year for because we don't want to draw, but we can't have the same yard sale without all the riders. Yeah, it's, we,
0: we just had, we do a big uh, our big Twin Lakes Corn Fest event and, mm-hmm. you know, feed on fire and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the idea to me for events isn't just to solidify who the best is, you know. Mm-hmm. Personally, I grew up doing water ski shows, I don't know if you guys know that about me, so I don't really care about skiing, like, ripping, skiing for points or being mm-hmm. up on a podium. Uh, to me, if if I can go around, you'll see when I go out here and rip up, boot a three sixty off that, and you guys all start cheering. That that's what drives me. I like to see people smile, laugh, uh, and then when I drive out of here, some I want to see like in a week or two, somebody else go out there and boot it. You know, inspire, um, you know, in, in, inspire other people and stuff. So it's 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 uh, it's it's just it's just different. Uh, different and interesting different strokes for I guess different folks and and whatnot but how has um well first of all I want to know Luke like what what's your involvement in the yard sale like are you uh are, are you a big organizing part of it as well
2: yeah I, I'm definitely in the back side of things on it help with all the business side and, and the like organization and uh just day-to-day uh and making it happen um the first yard sale we did we also teamed up and did a uh did the um, weight skate uh, tour as well? So that was a huge com- uh, accomplishment for us and for me for sure. And uh, we we were able to um, in the past do like uh, video shoots with Nike team, the Nike weight skate team hosted a couple years of weight skate tour. So those were like major checkoffs. offs. Um, so, but the yard sale is is, is insane. It's uh, you know an animal of its own, and uh, it definitely needs a lot of people to make sure that it, everything uh, works. And that's the
0: thing, in, in, in COVID time right now, I think the deal is is this, is if you, you know, it's great to crown a champion, it's great to see who the best is, whatever, whatever, but the fact of the matter is, is events are, are about bringing the community together, bringing mm-hmm. new people to um, to these events also. And realistically, I think that when it's all said and done, you need to use the events, even if it's only one, two, five, ten, fifteen, twenty 10, 15, 20 people getting new people interested in the sport, getting them stoked, amped to wanna to get out there and do that themselves, uh, go and buy your boards at retail, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the buy a pass at retail, be a part of the sport for three to five years before they start getting the bro deals, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm with you guys and I, I hate to see the fact that a lot of us had to kind of postpone or, or cancel our events for this season, but okay, so moving into to 2021, do you Do you guys think you're gonna push for the same date you think you're gonna to try to push it earlier in the year, like like normal? or what what's your thoughts with the event? I think we'll probably push for the same later date because that was actually
1: what we always wanted was that was that September date. We've always been held back by hurricanes and sponsors wanting to do it in the spring to kind of kick things off. But from the rider feedback and just in general, it's like, it's already like considered one of the gnarliest contests you could do and you really don't want to do that before your season starts you know so yeah which they've all like nobody's half-assed it so like mm-hmm. huge hats off to the riders because everyone's still sent it fortunately everyone's come out on top nobody's really got hurt actually wakeboarding and there's been a few injuries <laughs> yeah <knock on. laughs> We're it's not been again. a few injuries outside of the wakeboarding elements and the party side but you know, those those casualties will happen. That'll yeah. happen. Yeah, so... But we actually have some... This is the first... We've talked about canceling, so this is a big announcement. And then we also have something that we're working on right now that's going to be um, something we're going to host that it, it'll be for everybody. Anything
0: be. you can drop yet or you want to hold it, off on it'll, that a little it'll bit? Be a
1: digital, it'll be a digital event that everyone in the world can be a part of.
0: Very cool. When's that dropping? We're
1: hoping... early August we'll announce it and then maybe same time as yard sale we'll do the the presentation of it.
0: Very good so this episode should uh, should be out by that point. Yeah. Very good. Well very cool. Um, Luke man it was really really good to meet you and I want to thank you for for having me out here Um, before I kind of cut this one off here. um, You know the place looks great you guys have done some amazing stuff here. Um, I don't. It looks like there's facilities for people to stay. I don't really or people to, to come and camp out or whatever. Um, any future visions? Any anything that we can expect um, for the park? Wise um, new to, to look out for in the future here. Uh,
2: we're always every week we have a meeting and we're trying to, to change up the park in some way. So like no matter what, you're not usually gonna get the same buffet uh, every time you show up. Um, but second up, second of all, we definitely are trying to do like another major build and uh, get like a really cool uh, You know like mega features sort of thing going on. Uh, we're trying to revamp some of our old rails. There's talk of us uh, uh, Very close to, to getting the skate park started. We're trying to wait for it to, to cool down a little bit, but we're gonna be expanding the skate park um, And yeah, there are on-site stays and we're always trying to uh, make those better um, We've been converting uh, storage containers into like tiny homes um so we'd like to do a few more of those definitely in the next year or two um but yeah always you know always some kind of progression going on out here you know if it if no one shows up to ride we're we're building on something you know it doesn't it you know always is changing and evolving so you're never going to get a stale moment i don't feel like very good
0: (laughs) all right and uh quinn if anybody wants to uh come out here rent it uh, get some time on the water, rent the park out, throw a birthday party, have their own event, mm-hmm. uh, get wild, get crazy, camp out. Uh, do you have any information on that? Yeah. Ride with you maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ride
1: with me. Yeah, you can just call and reserve and uh, if you special request me I can give you a lesson or we can just go cruise around. Um, and yeah, pretty much just we do reservations and you just give us a call, we'll set you up in a camper, set you up with a lesson whatever you want we got 2.0's open to the public so you can reserve time for you and your crew and uh yeah it's we're ready for for anything that, wake anything skate and wakeboard friendly yeah wake skate wake skate <laughs> board drop yeah so
0: very good shoe ski friendly shoes oh yeah friendly, we absolutely. find out today yes <laughs> very good all right all right hey uh luke yeah. um i like to give my guests opportunities for uh shout outs, sponsors social media uh, yeah. anything you want to drop
2: um I like to thank my number one sponsor I bought weight compound <laughs> <laughs> um no uh, I want to thank the Silvernell family for sure for uh, helping all they've done uh, and my wife for supporting me through all this uh, Quinn you know he's at my wedding and you know we're pretty pretty close dudes um, and all the guys at the compound, or the team, the the weight compound family is, like, uh, you
0: know, very close to the heart. Very good, man. Social media, you on there? You want to get some follows? You like that?
2: Uh, yeah, at Luke Tilt, pretty easy to find me. Uh, I post a lot of uh, my son and weight skating, so... Uh. the man's a beast on the
0: drums don't let him fall (laughs) all right all right uh quinn how about you social media shout outs sponsors anything like that yeah i mean shout out you know my family luke's
1: family um our family here vwc everybody everybody who come has come through the door there's a ton of legends out there that have, have come through this door and everybody's left their mark and uh there's not enough thanks in the world to anybody who's helped us out here, um, especially Luke. I mean, we've been through, from being college roommates and, you know, learning how to survive without killing each other because, you know, you share space with somebody that long, it's, you know, you're bound to butt heads and finding a way to like make all this work together. And it's been a whirlwind, like nobody else, nobody else could do this with me for sure, so. Luke, my wife, my my dog's been here since day 1 as well, since you know, 2007, so um and then of course all the sponsors, slingshot, Steez, Saru's, Moto winch, Bywake of course, um Space Mob, Space Mob or Die. It's uh and yeah, my business partner, Wesley Mark Jacobson, as well. I'll, I'll throw him in there. My wakeboard business partner, and then my wake park business partner, Luke Tilt.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, I'm bummed I didn't get to meet Wes. I saw him on stage at Wake Awards a couple of years ago. He was having some good times. We had, yeah, I gave him a high wake five. Awards. I don't think he remembers. but And Nobody best remembers. bangs in the business, too. Oh, right?
1: Absolutely, Wes. Another blonde, too. Uh, best bangs in the biz, for sure.
0: Very good. All right, guys. Well, we're here at uh, VWC, the Vedasto Wake compound i want to thank quinn silvernail and luke tilt for having me here in their office and uh boys let's go take a lap or two yeah (laughs) yeah let's get it (laughs) all right all right guys i'll be right back with a little bit more here on the golden Mike podcast hang tight oh yeah All right, everybody, the boating season is over for the majority of the country. And if you're taking your boat out of the water, why not use this opportunity to give your boat that much needed upgrade? Consider adding the latest tower, tower speakers, in-boat speakers, subwoofers, wakeboard racks, surf racks, ski racks, even kneeboard racks, and more from Roswell Marine. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise. And you know their products will perform reliably from the moment you install them and every day after that. It doesn't matter what you want to add, just be sure to use the dealer search function on their website to find the dealer closest to you. That website, again, is roswellmarine.com, www.roswellmarine.com. And while you're already upgrading your boat, be sure to check out SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non skid flooring systems. Head on over to SeaDeck.com and use the search function to find the nearest fabricator and installer to you. They have installers all over the country and all around the world, and they will gladly come directly to your home, to your boat dock, or wherever you store your boat to digitally measure, design, and install at your convenience. Just visit Seadek.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com to learn more. It's time to give your boat what it deserves, and your boat deserves Seadek.
1: Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano.
0: Hey, hey, I wanted to mention that after we did record this episode, the WWA Wake Park World Championships that were supposed to be held in Mexico unfortunately had to be canceled down south of the border. But Quinn and Luke were able to act fast and literally save the event. They picked up the pieces and were able to host it at the Valdosta Weight Compound. And from what I hear and what I saw, it was pretty sick. But if you guys liked my interview with Quinn and Luke, then you're in luck because my next episode will feature a one-on-one interview with Quinn Silvernail where we're going to get a little bit more in-depth about his riding history, his association with Space Mob, and so much more. So tune in next time because you don't want to miss it. I did have a great time recording this with Luke and Quinn, and what they have going on over there at their park is truly a blessing for our industry. These guys are passionate, creative, and positive influences on anybody around them. If you're anywhere near the Florida-Georgia line, Give the park a visit, or just plan a trip down to the Valdosta Wake compound yourself. It will be worth it, and I promise you that, because that is a Dano the Mano guarantee. Before we get out of here, I did want to mention that stop number four of the Supra Boats Pro Wake Tour Tour. The finals will be nationally televised on CBS Sports, so please check your local listings for that. You'll be able to see and hear yours truly announcing all the action at a safe social distance, of course. Check out www.prowakeboardtour.com to see more. I also wanted to give a big shout-out on Instagram to at 2384 for taking first place in the TL Cornfest 2020 Lake Lovers Challenge, the people's choice. Thanks to all of you who submitted photos and videos of yourselves having a blast down the water. But the corn lovers have spoken, and they want S-Mac. For this valiant effort, S Mac was awarded a full O'Brien Watersports Wakeboard setup with bindings, sea Deck Fish Ruler, and other swag, a Duncan Dunkin' Toys swag bag, boatmate trailers dry bag, and more swag from all of our sponsors. You can see his submission as well as everyone else's on Instagram at TLCornfest. Alright, so an enormous thank you to Quinn Silvernail and Luke Tilt for hosting me and joining me on this episode of the Golden Mike podcast. And of course, all of the sponsors for their continued support. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, the WSIA, Roswell Marine, Active Water, Sports, Masterline, Centurion Boats, O'Brien, Leadwake, Slingshot, Conley, Radar Skis, Boulder Boats, Ronix, Hyperlite, GoPuck, and Midcoast Customs. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shebyshevich on copy, and Rich Walsh on sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. And just a reminder, make sure you follow the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and me personally at Dano T. Mano on Instagram. Message me there or email goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Now that we're done with this episode, please head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. And as always, I am the Noise of the North. Oh, yeah, Daniel of the Mano. And you can hear me next time. Once again, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.